Amen. Well, welcome to Celebration Church today. Those of you joining us online, we welcome you as well. Wherever you may be and whenever you may be listening or watching the sermon today, the message. One of my favorite Christmas movies, actually stories, outside of Jesus being born, is Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And I like it because it deals with very real issues. Even though it may not be sanctioned by the church as authentic Christmas scripture, the story it tells is really where man is. Because it deals with our past, it deals with our present, and it deals with our future. And so I've titled today's message, Christmas Past, Present, and Future. I'll be saying a few quotes out of Dickens' book, A Christmas Carol, but the majority of what we're going to be looking at today is going to have a spiritual impact. And I'm going to take you to a verse of Scripture that is not traditionally known as a Christmas passage, okay? Because many times I kind of like to search and find if there is another unique and different passage that can be used for Christmas. Because church, I want to say something. Christmas is not just about this time of year. It's about every day of the year. It's about Jesus coming into our world It's about Jesus coming into your world. It's about Him making the changes that man could not make and still cannot make by herself. In 1843, Charles Dickens penned these words that begin what is known to you and me as the book, A Christmas Carol. He said, I have endeavored in this ghostly little book to raise the ghost of an idea which shall not put my readers out of humor with themselves, with each other, with the season, or with me. May it haunt their houses pleasantly, and no one wish to lay it. It's my endeavor today, as we think upon this Christmas season, to raise to life from the Bible our Christmas past present, and future. Because Christmas holds, as we get into it, for every one of us, it holds a past that must be faced. It holds a present that must be lived. And it holds a future that must be looked forward to and even longed for. Christmas holds the In my opinion, the mystery of God's gift wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, ultimately to be on a tree fashioned into a cross. God's gift was not one to be purchased, but it was the gift that would purchase you and me. And if you know Him, you've been purchased by the gift of Christmas. 
His name is Jesus. And from the manger to the cross, we hear the whispered name of God with us. Can anybody tell me what it is? Emmanuel. And you shall call his name Emmanuel. Now think of it. Anytime you hear a name and it has the word, the two letters in English, E-L, L is the name of God. El-Ohim, El-Shaddai, El-Elyon, El-Roy, God, 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 God with us. So his very name says he's God. So, the book of Galatians, we're going to look at, it says, when the fullness of time, here, I'll just speak it, and then we're going to look at the book of Colossians, I'm sorry. So, when the fullness of time had come, God sent himself into the world. Now, I want you to follow with me Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 22, and I want you to find yourself there. For it pleased the Father that in Him, everybody say Jesus, all the fullness of God should dwell. It pleased God. And by Him, everybody say Jesus, to reconcile reconcile all things to Himself, God the Father, by Him, Jesus. Now watch this. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach. In his sight. Stop there and look at that again. Look at what God is saying about you. Because of what Jesus did, you can stand before God, watch this, holy. Blameless. Above reproach. And guess what? It's the way he sees you, it's in his sight. Folks, that could not have happened any other way except God coming and living on earth as you and I do as a human. Being tempted, the Bible says, in all ways just like we are, yet he did not sin. He overcame it. And the Bible says also in John chapter 1 and verse 16 that we may receive his fullness. We can receive the fullness of God just like Jesus received the fullness. Now, walk with me on this. Jesus said, as I am in the world, that's the way you're supposed to be. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But he also said, we are the lights of the world. And a light that is lit cannot be hidden. Amen? You've heard me use this illustration before, but let me share it again. True story. An old country church was built. 
way before electricity. And the only way churches were lit were by candles or by lanterns, by lights. And when they built the church, it was similar possibly to what we have here on the wall, except it would have been more in, in pillars. But on each of those pillars would hang a hook on each side of the church. And every family in the church was assigned a pillar so that in their evening service, when they came, they would take their lantern and hang it on the hook. And as they came in, the church would light up. So guess what? If Brother and Sister Smith didn't show up, that part of the church was dark. Amen? Do you see how important we are to one another and to God? He said, you're the light. Guess who lights the world? He does, but it's through us. People need to see Jesus with skin on, and that's you and me. Can you say amen? And man, in his best efforts, come to the manger empty-handed, only receive the blessedness of God's peace and goodwill that he offers them. He gives forgiveness of our Christmas pasts. He gives us help in our Christmas present. And he gives us hope for the Christmas future. Say this out loud with me. He gives me forgiveness. He gives me help. And he gives me hope. Christmas past. Think of this. It's what you once were. What were you once? You were a sinner on your way to hell. All of us were. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Amen? Reading from a Christmas carol, the words come forth as Scrooge begins to say, Are you the Spirit, sir, whose coming was foretold to me? And the Spirit said, I am. The voice was soft and gentle, singularly low, as if instead of being so close beside him, it were at a distance. Who and what are you? Scrooge demanded. I am the ghost of Christmas past. Now, if the word ghost freaks you out, that's an old word also for the word spirit. I'm the spirit of Christmas past. And Scrooge says, long past? And the spirit says, no, your past. You see, God does not just deal in generalities when he deals with you and me. It's your past. It's your Christmas past. You see, the words no, your past, should cause every one of us this morning to pause and to look into our past and to admit that without Jesus, it's a sad one. It's full of sin and it's full of shame. Can I get an amen? You know, no one likes to see themselves for what they really are. Now, as you read A Christmas Carol, you can see what he was. He wasn't always the way he was, was he? Scrooge was not always a Scrooge. He became one. Life happened. He pursued money. 
He forsook love. He chose the wrong things. You see, I'm going to just say it this way. No one, not just many, but no one likes to see themselves for what they really are. And that's what Scrooge sees. Sinful. Because I believe today in our world, people believe, well, I'm not really that bad. You know, I haven't killed anybody. I don't cheat on my taxes. You know, I pay taxes and I go to work and I'm on time and I'm a good guy. I'm a good lady. But how many of you know you cannot walk in the fullness of God today until you deal with your past yesterday? We cannot live for God today unless we have fully dealt with who we've been and who we are. And if we've not done that, Christmas is the best time to do it if you're watching and listening online and also here in the room. And I've never done that. Is there anything in your past, Christian, that you're holding on to that needs to be forgiven or dealt with? And let me take it a step further. Is there anything in your past that someone else has done to you that you need to let go of this Christmas and not hold it against them? Because this is the way that Jesus taught us to pray. He said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Here it is. And forgive us our sins in exactly the same way we forgive others. And my question to you is this. Is the way you're forgiving others the way Jesus has forgiven you? And in fact, the way Jesus said it is, your sins will be forgiven in the exact same way that you forgive others. So if it's not fully, if it's not from the heart, if it's not complete, if it doesn't dot every I and cross every T, if you do not completely say, I release you, you don't owe me anything, you don't have to do anything, you don't have to say anything, I forgive you, I release you, I let you go. Our text today underscores our Christmas past as one of alienation. Let's look at verse 21 again. We were enemies of God desiring, we desired to do bad things. We desired to do things that were not pleasing. Here's what the Bible says, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. As Christians, we can be thankful that our sins of the past have been forgiven. And if you are not a Christian, your past is keeping you from God and keeping God from you. Look at the next scripture of Isaiah 59. Prophet Isaiah said, Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your iniquities, your sin. Sin separates. And guess what? As long as that's there, he won't hear. You know, I think sometimes people begin to wonder, man, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying. Why isn't God answering me? One of the first things we need to do, even as believers in God, is we need to find out, is there any sin in my heart? 
Am I holding something against someone? Do you know that even as a married couple, men, our prayers can be hindered if we're not rightly leading our wife? We want, the Bible talks about it. You see, only forgiveness of our past can bring us near to God. We got to have our sins forgiven. Only forgiveness from God will make it happen. Until you and I see our Christmas past as being separated from God because of our sin and in need of God, we will never fully appreciate our Christmas present. Scrooge hated Christmas, didn't he? He had to go back to the past. In the same way for humanity, you got to deal with the past before you can go forward. And here's another analogy is sometimes people are trying to, like, drive a car. It'd be kind of like trying to drive a car forward while looking in the rearview mirror. I don't suggest you try this on the interstate because if you're looking in the rearview mirror, you're going to be hitting and running over everything in the present. And you're going to be making more of a mess Look in the rearview mirror while you're stopped. And that's what I say we need to do is we need to stop and we need to look at our past. Let's go into our present. Our present is what we are now. I want you to ask yourself, what am I now? Do you like what you are now? Are you happy with what you are now? Reading from A Christmas Carol, Come in, exclaimed the ghost. Come in and know me better, man. Scrooge entered timidly and hung his head before this spirit. He was not the dogged Scrooge that he had been. And though the spirit's eyes were clear and kind, Scrooge did not like to meet them. He said, I am the ghost of Christmas present. And the spirit said, look upon me. Can I say this to you? God does not desire to leave you or me wrestling with the spirit of Christmas past. I want you to deal with it. Because there in the midst of our darkened, sin-stained life is the glimmer of light that emanates from the tree fashioned into a cross. And the closer we move toward it, we begin to hear the call of Christmas present that says, look upon me. Don't let this Christmas go by without really looking at it. Look upon me, Isaiah 45 and verse 22 says, and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. The only way that you and I can truly be happy during this Christmas present is to look upon Him. The Apostle Paul affirms our Christmas present with these words in Colossians, in our text in verses 21 and 22. He says, yet... Not he has reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death. Do you know what the word reconcile means? How many of you take your bank statement and you go through it and make sure that what they say matches up to what you say? And what you say matches up to what they say. Some people say, What's a bank statement? 
The word reconcile means this, to reestablish a close relationship between or to settle or resolve or to bring oneself to accept. Now, why do you and I need to be reconciled to God? It's called sin. How many of you went through the week? Perfect. I just need to see your hand because I need to talk to you after service. Anybody in the house admit that you sinned this week? We have some hands going up. Yeah. We need him. Why do you and I need to be reconciled? Right there. Because we're not perfect. Because God desires our fellowship. And he began the process of our reconciliation through Christ on that day. He sent his son into the world. You see, Jesus Christ, God's only son, born in the likeness of man, as a baby, grew to be a man, God in the flesh, to die on a cross, shedding his blood for our sins. And church, I want to tell you something to all the lonely that would be listening to me today, wherever you're at, if you're lonely, can I tell you this? There is not a person that was more lonely than Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, why do you say that? Because on that day, when he was in the garden, that day he prayed. Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But there was an even more lonely day. It's when he was on the cross. And when all of our sin got placed upon him, the father had to look away. You see, we don't think about this much, but I'm bringing Isaiah 59.2 in it. And it separated him from his father. They'd never been separate until your sin and my sin was placed on him. And it separated him. Did it not? Does the Bible not say that our iniquities, our sins were placed on him? Every sin we've ever committed, every sin any man had committed, all the way back, clear, way back to Adam, was put on him. I want to tell you, there is no one on earth that knows loneliness like Jesus. He identifies Through his blood, through the blood of the Son of God, we're made just as if we'd never sinned. Justified of our sins, and guess what? Reconciled. And that relationship is reestablished, it's reconnected. There's no separation. Sin's difference was settled through the price of God's Christmas gift. It was the Christmas gift that keeps on giving. And now, 
you're made acceptable to God, according to the text. Listen to Romans 5, 8 through 11. I believe we have these scriptures. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, when we were still separated, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more having been reconciled, who in the house you've been reconciled, you're going to be saved by His life. And not only that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Do you see how the gift of Christmas opens up a bunch of gifts? It reconciles you. Guess what it does? It gives you peace. Well, it should. He's called the Prince of Peace. Amen? So God's demonstration of love began in a manger. It culminated on the cross. And the demonstrated love of God through our Savior Jesus Christ brings justification of sins and reconciliation of the relationship between God and man. Because everyone who confesses and believes in Jesus Christ, that alienation is removed and the hostility is gone and the relationship is restored. I beg you, listen to the voice of Christmas present. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, the Bible says, For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time, and now is the day of salvation. Would everybody say today? In the present. That's what Christmas present is all about. And I would even dare say, even if you know him, man, we can know him more. I think he's still got a Christmas present for us. Amen? Today is Christmas present, the day God extends to men, women, boys, and girls the great gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, his son. And when one believes and confesses in Christ, they're made right with God, given the best Christmas present around. Here's what 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19 says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us. There's that word again. To himself through Jesus Christ. And here it is, has given us. Everybody say me. The ministry, what is my ministry? If you've ever wondered, God, what is my ministry? Here it is. It's in 2 Corinthians 5.18. He's given to you the ministry of reconciliation. You go out now and be a reconciler. And then he finishes, and he says, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. You see, I believe that there are some people, many people uh, have been told some things maybe by a dad or a mom or a parent or a teacher or someone, and it's like, you'll never amount to anything, or you can't do anything, or you're so stupid, or you're this, or you're ugly, or you're that. You need to take those words, you need to throw them as far as the east is from the west. You need to ask God to give you supernatural power to be able to let those go. You may never forget the words, but you can forget 
and not hold them against the person who set them. Because those are the things that keep people prisoner. Those are the things that will keep you up at night thinking to yourself. What you've got to do is you've got to remember the words you heard them come from, the person you heard those words from, they needed to deal with their Christmas past. And they said it. Not knowing. They were the voice of the accuser. And not the intercessor. The Bible says Jesus ever lives to make intercession for you and me. Right now he's praying for David Drew. Amen, I need it. Do you all need it? He's praying for you too. Today, right now before the Father, he's praying for you. God is hearing your name. Christmas future. This is the question I have for you. What will you be? After Scrooge dealt with his past, and he saw what was around him in the present, he saw the condition of his Bill Cratchit, his employer, employee. He saw the things that he was facing and going through, how he had a little boy, Tiny Tim, that needed help. And that had he not had assistance, which was going to take greater finances than Cratchit made, and guess whose hand that was in? Guess whose fault that was? It was Scrooge's. He had a decision to make. Am I going to do anything about what I see now? Our Christmas future is what we will be. Reading from A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens says, I'm in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Lead on, said Scrooge. Lead on. The night is waning fast, and it is precious time to me. Lead on, spirit. And there's a Christmas future awaiting every individual sinner and Christian alike. For the Christian, Paul assures us that God, who has begun a good work in each one of us, will finish it, and he'll bring it to completion, Philippians 1.6. Christmas future speaks to the time when we who are his will be as he is. Paul refers to it as a time of presentation before God. You're going to be presented before God one day. Look at Colossians 1.22, a part of our text. Let's look back at that. In the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. He's going to present you before the Father. For the Christian, Christmas future can be bright. For the sinner, if you don't change it, it's gloomy. Now, we don't hear this kind of preaching very often because it's called hellfire and brimstone. But allow me to go and just simply preach what the Bible says. Is that okay with you? What was the future for Scrooge if he didn't change? Where was he with this spirit of Christmas future? 
It was in a graveyard. And he came upon a gravestone. And ultimately, he sees his name. The future for Scrooge, if he didn't change, was death. When you read about Scrooge's death or you watch the show, it's a terrible death. He has people making fun of him. He has people just wanting to go to a funeral just so they can eat. He has a housemaid that is selling all of his stuff and making money. A terrible death with no friends, nobody to mourn, nobody to care. What about your future? Can I just say this, church, again? You're not guaranteed tomorrow. I think of my dear friend, and you know him, Gordon McMaster. He was not yet 60. I believe he's in heaven. But you're not guaranteed tomorrow. My granddaughter Cadence lived 45 minutes. You're not guaranteed today. Yes, sure, his grandmother is 101. Here are the words for those who are not Christians. And I'm just reading out of the Bible. These are the words to someone who does not deal with their Christmas past or present and consider their future will hear. These words are found in Matthew chapter 7, and they're spoken by Jesus himself. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, what is it that keeps us from God? What is it that God can't keep around? Lawlessness, sin. Listen to Luke 13, verses 27, 28. He says, Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Please make sure that's not your future. Today, you can know him as forgiver of your Christmas past, reconciler of your Christmas present, and hope for your Christmas future. It's what Christmas is all about. And at the end of a Christmas carol, you find Scrooge on his knees saying, I don't want to be the man I was. I want to change and he was. In fact, at the end, it's like no one else ultimately in that town kept Christmas as good as he did. And I would dare say it's because he dealt with it. He just went into the nitty-gritty and dealt with it. He went into the depths. He got down and dirty. He said, I got to deal with this. 
I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm not going to be a money miser. I'm not going to be a Scrooge. I'm not going to be unforgiving. I'm not going to be unloving. And those who would resist him prior would come to him. No, it's not a story in the Bible. But you know what? Every novel is based in truth. And I, I just see Christmas past, present, and future right out of the Bible in that story. He was crotchety. He was scroogey. He was grinchy. But he became just like Jesus. Bow with me. Father, today you are the best gift giver in that you gave your only son to come to this earth to live just like we do. And yet, Jesus, you were without sin. You overcame it. But even though you were without sin, you did not refuse taking on all of our sins. Lord, I pray that there's not one person hearing this message that does not deal with their past. Whether they've never dealt with it and they're an unbeliever and listening today, or they're, even, they're Christian, and yet they know there's some unforgiveness or there's some things they've not dealt with, or there's bitterness, or there's animosity, or hatred of any kind. Father, wipe it out. Remove it. May they repent. Lord, I pray that you would come into hearts today, all over the world, that you would let them know you love them, you forgive them, you know where they are. The feelings of their infirmities, you feel it. Their loneliness, you feel. Their pain, you feel. Their joy, you feel. And Lord, let this be the absolute best Christmas that we have ever had. In the realm of the Spirit, we pray. And if you're in agreement with that prayer, would you say a big amen? Amen. God bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. We'll join over at the fellowship hall, and uh, fried chicken is on the menu. I think I'm going to have some of that. Baked chicken is on the menu, and it is all over there. It's it's ready to roll. So, all right, let's head over. We'll see you guys there. We'll pray when we get over there.